Welcome to Financial Modelers Corner, where we discuss the art and science of financial modeling with your host, Paul Barnhurst. Financial Modelers Corner is sponsored by Financial Modeling Institute. Welcome to Financial Modelers Corner, where we will talk all about the art and science of financial modeling with distinguished financial modelers from around the globe. I am your host, Paul Barnhurst. The Financial Modelers Corner podcast is brought to you by Financial Modeling Institute. FMI offers the most respected accreditations in financial modeling. This week, we have a special treat for you with multiple guests who attended the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge. At the beginning of November, I had the opportunity to spend a day at the University of Arizona campus and watch these students compete and talk to the commentators, talk to spectators, faculty, and I've brought you a number of interviews, and I can guarantee you this is an episode you won't want to miss. First, I had the opportunity to interview Oz de Soleil and John Ancampora. They were the announcers for the event, but there's so much more than that. They're both Excel MVPs. They announced these events on ESPN. They are known worldwide for their Excel skills. And they bring just a unique style and flair, in particular Oz. Oz is someone you won't want to miss. This is a great clip. It's nearly 20 minutes long. They discuss why they attended the show, what they do for a living, and we also talked about the magic of Power Query. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and roll that clip. All right, so I'm here with Oz and John. Thanks for joining me for a minute. Thanks for having us. John, what brought you to the competition here? Uh, I just love watching these college kids compete in Excel. A lot of them are very new to Excel, so it's fun to see the challenge that they have to go through in learning like a lot of new skills all at once. I think we've had years and years of experience with Excel, so approaching these cases is a little different, and it's cool to see them have to figure it out. How about you, Oz? What brings me to this, being asked and saying yes, <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> I don't know. What bring me? Like, what do you why? About okay, okay, more precise. <laughs> like, right, see? You had it's like writing a formula. Exactly. You hard coded the question. Whereas we had to put some relative references in there so that I can answer this properly. I like the competition, I like the challenges because they're always interesting. Um, some of them can be contrived, but they get you thinking and have conceptual. Like one is around how many loads of laundry do you have to do to have a full outfit? That's one from the past. But, you know, when you have to pull out interesting functions in order to get at that and, and think it through, those are fun and they share, uh, expand what Excel can be and, um, people learn and have fun. I like it. Got a, John, do you have a favorite memory from companies? This is not your first one, right? Yeah. Yeah, last year was a lot of fun. I think last year we, we saw kids from all over the world. Yes. Which was cool to see kids from Madagascar yes. traveling here. Oh, wow. It took them like, what, two or three days to get here. <laughs> Five layovers. Yeah. 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 Just to get here. So that, you know, it's cool to see the passion at such an early age for Excel, which is a tool we all love, I know, but to see younger, the younger generation. That's great. And Oz, what do you enjoy about doing the announcing? What do you enjoy about it? I like the intensity of the competition. And last year, seeing people with placards 
and and rooting on their favorite teams. Yeah, that's cool. That's a lot of fun. I bet that would be really fun. I'm excited. It's my first time in a meeting, yeah. so I'm excited to see that. The spirit, the college spirit, is cool. Yeah, they've written out signs and flyers. Got to pull a football game. Yeah. Yes, but the thing here's the thing. Last year was the first year. This is only the second. Yeah. Year. So the um, I'm hearing about the esports arena. Okay, I'm thinking about some conference room <laughs> that's got some printed out thing taped on the door, but to get in there and see the glow of the neon and the gaming chairs and the fancy computers and stuff, this was a true arena. And not some janky slapped up thing that they gonna tear down once the event is over. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, next question for you. Tell me, how did you get into Excel? What do you do today for your business? A little bit of what you're doing, John. I know you have an Excel business and a website. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think that's another thing that actually brings me to this event is that I was a finance major in college going into the workforce, into the kind of real world. I didn't realize it was going to be Excel all day, every day. You know, I, was, I started having accounting jobs, I did FP&A jobs, yep. and it's just Excel all the time, 24-7, right? And I loved it, fell, you know, fell in love with it. I, for me, Excel is like just this, when I open up a, a word, blank workbook, I think it's like a blank canvas, probably like an artist looks at a blank canvas and they're ready to paint. Like that's kind of how I approach Excel. It kind of built my passion with, mm-hmm. with solving problems. Yeah, Excel. So fast forward, twenty. I always worked in FP&A. Twenty fifteen, uh, I left my day job to run Excel Campus full time. Yeah. I now run Excel Campus, which is a website, YouTube channel. We sell online training courses, stuff like that. So I turned my my hobby, started back in two thousand ten, into kind of a passion, and then a full time business and, and career doing that now. No, that's great. Thanks for doing that, John. How about how about you, Oz? Well, mainly right now. I have my YouTube channel and my courses on LinkedIn. Yep. And I've written a few books, but primarily LinkedIn and spreading the gospel of Power Query. Yes. I love me some Power Query. You do. What do you love about your Power Query? It's just so much time combining files and business yes. together. So for me, I'll tell you a story happened. All right. So I really didn't know what it was. I heard about it. Took a new job. Was trying to figure out a way to access this big, huge data set. Also, I started reading up, and oh, there's Power Query and Power Pivot. I used Access as the back end for a while because I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Finally got rid of that. But yeah, I kind of built it all up. It was like, wow, you can put all this report together and find all the... And they were just amazed. Like, allowed them to access a bunch of data from our ERP, where they were all downloading the report, trying to match it with their actuals to figure out what was going on. And I combined that all into one data model. And they eventually built it as a queue for the whole companies, and that's how Power Query started. But then it allowed me to continue to just build reports and start to learn Power BI. And it, it transformed because we, we had terrible data. I had to do a ton of mapping, but it at least gave me a way until you get to the SQL, get an IT in there, you know, to have a more stable solution. Yeah. Which when I was there, never happened. As soon as I left, if I hired somebody, you actually do it right. Yeah. But, you know, right. it allowed me to get access to the data and provide the reporting that I couldn't have done without Power. Right, empowering your damn self. Yep. That's right. You don't have to go through IT or DBAs or business <laughs> analysts begging, getting down on your knees and kissing their ring and stuff. No, you kiss your own ring. That's right. Yeah. yeah why? Exactly. Data yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My introduction to Power Query 
was when I had seen it, but what is this thing? Yeah. But then a client sent me a document, a, a, a spreadsheet. Basically, I had to unpivot some data. That's interesting. All right. <laughs> um, so I was looking at this because, like, they want maybe, let's say, the, the top five of something. And I've got this whole matrix. Yeah. I remember seeing a video that Bill Jelling did on unwinding a pivot table. And then I thought about I saw somebody do something called unpivoted power theory. And I went in there and boom. There's this flash of light. And I I think I saw Jesus. And see, y'all think this is funny, but yeah, I did. I just this light, this blinding light, when that thing unpivoted, tears came out. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But but yeah, I didn't have to go find that unpiv unwind the unpiv uh, pivot table. Cause I had started thinking about what formulas I can write. How can I peel this apart with different formulas? Unpivot did. And then when they introduced the six joins. Oh uh, well, yeah, the joins are great. Oh Lord, yes. Yeah. Being able to to bring that together. Peel it apart with anti-joins, do comparisons, do the inner joins, power query. That's funny. That's the same experience for me. The introduction to power query was also an unpivot. <laughs> but I've been writing macros. To, in fact, I wrote an add-in to essentially do un, like complex unpivots. And I was sitting next to Ken Poles at one of the first MVP summits that I went to, probably 2014 or 15. And I was showing this add-in. He's like, oh, yeah, well... You can do that with Power Query. I heard Power Query. Yeah. Uh, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And essentially, it was they were some complex on pivots. They had you know headers up at the top of the sheets and multiple headers in columns, right? So there was some some stuff that had to happen there. But him and I, or he walked me through it because uh, he's you know one of the experts. Yeah, no, I know. I've watched Ken's yeah. videos and yeah. his website. He knows yeah. his Power Query. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. M code. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the thing and is, Miguel, this is yeah. one of the first books yeah. I lost when I was trying to learn yeah. about his and uh, Power Pivot and Power BI. Is it Reed? David Reed? I can't remember the other guy's mm -hmm. name. He used to work for Microsoft. He had another book. I bought the two books right okay. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And that's what kind of guided me as I was figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. So that's that was my come to Jesus moment with Power Query. Mm -hmm. As Ken is my Jesus. I, yeah. I, I, yes, 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 yes. Scenario. You'll appreciate that. I had someone on the FPA Today podcast, uh, Kathy Sotina. And one of the questions we asked everybody is, what's your favorite thing about Excel? She goes, when I figure out Power Query, she goes, mm. angels were running yeah. up. Yeah. See, that was so came down. And it was similar to yes. your experience. Oh, yes. It was great. I yeah. remember saying, and rainbows. <laughs> He's all excited. So it was very similar to yours. Yes. In the world of data, it is a game changer. It it's is. Good to get the message out. I'm glad we're talking about it because someone's going to hear this and, and give it a shot. Right? I, I hope so. It's, yeah. It is amazing how few people still use it. I mean, it's getting better. Yeah. Right? Every, every day it gets better. Every year we keep reaching the message. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I almost wish we started with how to structure data and Power Query and then top formulas for a lot of people for data. Yeah. Just because I feel like you would have that background structure that you need. The formulas are great and you need to use them. Yeah. But there's something we said for just combining the two together. It just changes the application. 
I 100% agree. I think one challenge with it, with adoption is that Power Query started out as an app. Yes. And it still very much is. Yeah. It's on the, it's on the data tab now, which is great, but it's still very much it. And added it's, it, it's its own program in yeah. many ways, right? Yeah. It locks the rest of the application. Yeah. You're on a completely different screen. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. there's an adoption learning curve yeah. that you don't get with general Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I think it slows it down a bit. I hope, hopefully, in the future, Microsoft can figure out a way to really integrate it fully. Like you're saying, it's, you know, step one in, in the data analysis process, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not step one in Excel. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someday, because um, I think it would really open up adoption and just save. You know, I had a story of someone on post on LinkedIn. They said they're saving their company eight thousand hours a year, or over two years, five hundred mm-hmm. grand saved in, in essentially time expenses with just power some you know relatively simple Power Query tasks that were all done manually in the past. Right? I, I so believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, that's life changing. Yep. And I've gotten a message from folks like literally life changing. I talked to a lady who got out of an abusive relationship, had no skills, got this kid. Uh, now she's a single mother all of a sudden. And she just messaged me that she's been moving up. That now she's like the CTO's sidekick. Wow. That's awesome. It's like, cool. wow. Yeah. And and a lot of it is Power Query and then she I added on some Power BI. I don't do Power BI, but she's thanked me for that foundation of Power Query. Yeah, it, it is a natural to go to Power Pivot and Power BI if you learn Power Query. I mean not everybody does, but yes, right. it's a nice intro. I find it's a good way to kind of get yes. yourself your feet wet and start to learn it if that's where you want to go. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a good stepping stone. Yeah. And that's that can open up a whole different conversation because I've never had to do true analysis. Usually what I'm doing is bringing stuff together from <laughs> disparate sources. Yeah, you're usually cleaning the right, crap. Right, right. right. Yeah. You yeah. like to say, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cleaning up the crap data. Um, because they are migrating to their first database in the company. Some, <laughs> you know, some company of two people is now 10 people and now they can't keep emailing stuff all around. And so can you bring all of this stuff together, dedupe it, Split columns, put columns together, make everything uniform so that then it can be fed into a database. That That's a lot of kind of stuff that I've done. But sometimes, you know, they just want to know how many of something. But I still got to bring it all together mm-hmm. and do all of that stuff and say, okay, 37. Yeah, the end answer may be really simple. It's yes. just some. Yeah. But when you got five different sources, it's like, okay, how do I get it? in a data structure that I can easily yeah. sum. Yeah. That's, that's you know, right. It's like people make Power BI seem so simple. If you have a cleaned up data model yeah. and all you're doing is visualizing it, the DAX is all been written by it's simple. Sure. Really. Right. Yeah. When you got to figure out how to create that model and clean up all the data, that's where the work is. Yeah. yeah. That's the 80%. Yeah. We're all on the same page there. That's where I spent all my time. It's like, all right, throwing it into a simple thing. And just visualizing that's the easy part, getting the count. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You get count, deduping it, whatever yeah. else needs to be done. Yeah. And matching because there's 10 different ways to spell the word delta, Ooh. which you never do. You know, because they're like, why you sort of hear that? Yeah. Delta A, Delta Air, Delta Airlines, DA, Delta Air Group. Yeah. How many ways to get right? Yeah. All states. 
all space things, yeah. all yeah. things all together, all yeah. misspellings yeah. of all yeah. it, all lowercase, all, 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 all that stuff. Man. But that's that's like say when a person knows how to clean data. First of all, it's a certain breed of person who's willing to do it. And once you have that person, mold, cherish it, because that's the power. Because um, I've worked with, like like a medical school, level with these postdoc students. They know all of the analytical stuff, but what about getting that data clean? Or like um, these tests would go into a portal that was maybe like five rows high and eight columns wide <laughs> and a blank space and then another test, a blank space, another test. But then the results would come back in one tall column. But now they got to put it back into this five by eight right. with the space. Yeah, it's interesting to think like we live in this world of data, right? There's no shortage of data. But no. in order to analyze it, you have to prepare. So you kind of, I don't know, I was kind of wondering like, what percentage of data is actually ready to be analyzed? And you're right, and that's where it's not much. Not much. <laughs> yeah, not much. Right. People don't realize that. Studies show the average FPA professional spends, I've seen anywhere from 45 to 7% on non value added activities. The biggest one that they'll call that is data prep. Interesting. Yeah. Right? I've heard sometimes up to 50% of the time can be spent on prepping data to do the analysis. Yeah. I mean, that's why so much money is being spent on all these tools that connect to different systems and trying to find different ways. Like, I tell Aki he's excited. He loves all those other systems. Yeah, yeah, I love him. Yeah, I love him. Because, oh, oh. And then I hear people say, you know, why isn't data cleansing taught in, in colleges and stuff? Well, data comes in all kind of crazy ways. Yeah. Yeah, there's you not one simple framework of here's how you clean your data. Right, exactly. No. Good, right, because you got one vendor over here who's dealing with data one way and another vendor and then customer service and marketing is over here. Now you got to bring all this stuff together. It's a this is it's, it's a matador, right? You get the cake. <laughs> and you can't be scared of this bull that's coming because it's coming. And you got to be elegant. And on the uh, elegant uh, note, yeah. not to keep you guys too long. Okay. <laughs> here. I love to keep going. I can go forever. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys I about to pull out a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've seen this video about the sword. Maybe it's a snake. The one where he pulls the snake out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, pulling the snake out of the hole, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All so right. if you, how about is that just last question here and we'll let you guys get back so you can do your announcing. So who wants to learn more about you? What's the way for them to find you? Yeah, I'm at excelcampus.com and maybe YouTube channel Excel Campus. So that's great. Yeah. Check it out. Look me up on LinkedIn and my YouTube channel Excel on Fire. Yes, I, I have that. I have both of them on my uh, subscriber list. Our next guest is Professor David Brown from the University of Arizona. He runs the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge, and he joined us for a few minutes to talk about that experience, also about his experience as he was getting ready to compete in the uh, Financial Modeling World Cup in the Open Championship. And so we'll go ahead and roll this clip. This next clip is, again, David Brown, professor at the University of Arizona, and the one who hosts this competition. (music) 
So I'm here with uh, David Brown at the uh, Financial Modeling World Cup. And last week we were together at the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Championship. So David, why don't you start by just telling us, tell our audience what that is. What is the MECC? Yeah, the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge is a program built for students to really expose them to Excel, to gamify it, to make it accessible to where students want to get in and learn more, right? It's so hard to get students' attention. And so we're trying to do it through a gamified approach to Excel. And how have you found it's working? I think really well. We see so many students that get really excited about it and want to start clubs and get their classmates involved. It's, it's just a matter of getting the exposure and for them to understand what it is, and then they start going. But getting that, over that first hump can be the, the challenge. And how does it benefit them, like in the real world? What's the benefit for them as they go out into the workplace? Well, I mean, a couple of things, right? Sometimes we get sponsors to actually write cases mm -hmm. that are based on what they do. So it gives them real world experience of what they would be doing which is invaluable when you're interviewing for a job. Right? Yes. You have a little bit more understanding of their work and that comes off in the interview. Beyond that though, it's just learning how to critically think. Right? I think that's what employers almost universally want is someone that can solve a problem, that can think about it in a unique way and approach it. And these gamified Excel cases are all about coming up with different ways to approach problems. One thing I love about being a competitor in this space is seeing how people approach problems differently, right? You put 10 of us in a room, you're gonna get 10 very different solutions, even if they're all correct. So how, mu how much of a better modeler would you say you are today because you've competed? It's a good question. I feel like uh, fundamentally, I'm no smarter than I was. Sure. And I can still critically think, I am much more efficient than I used to be, right? The, the advances that have happened in the last couple of years as far as you know, dynamic arrays and just, I mean, a myriad of other functions, have made it so I have tools that allow me to go much quicker than I used to. So maybe not a better financial model, but, but a more efficient one. Makes sense. Um, but I guess, you know, time is of the essence. So I guess that makes better too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it makes it better. You can do more and right. you can do it quicker, but it's not like the fundamentals of modeling of change because you do this. Exactly. And I'd say when I coach my students, I tell them, you know, the reason you're learning the Excel functions and getting good at keyboarding is so you have more time to think. No, and that totally makes sense. And you know, I always like to say with the model, the assumptions, that thinking, the critical is the important part. You can build the most beautiful model in the world, but if the assumptions are garbage, it doesn't do anyone any good. Right. And you can build a poorly designed model, but if you have really good assumptions, at least then, you know, if it's, if it's right, you can make a decision off it. You right. should do, you want to put both together, obviously. You want yeah. good design and good assumptions. But you know, if I have to pick one, I'll take the good assumptions over the good design just because I can still make an intelligent decision with it. Right, and you know, the competition rewards good design because good design is more efficient, you get to the answer quicker. And so that's kind of the, the challenge of it is how can I use all these different unique tools I have to come up with a quick solution, not just a correct solution, which is kind of the minimum standard here. And you're, you're competing tonight, right? I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try, how you, how you feeling? You feeling ready? Um, no, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, I put a lot of effort in the last you know, six months into the MECC and getting it ready to go and, sure. and also my students and getting them trained. And honestly, that's been the most practice I've put into this right now is just preparing like, hey, I wanna teach you guys a little bit about Lana Banana or some other case. And so that's what's gotten me going over them. I had a, a vision kind of back in you know, August that I would spend you know, a half hour every day working on this. And if I would have done that, I'd think I'd be a lot more comfortable now, um, <laughs> but I didn't. And so I'm going to give it my best go. We always have those grand ideas and then reality hits family and work right. and it's everything just else. just a half hour. What, what, how could I possibly not do that? <laughs> yep. Well, I think 
you know, it's really all the questions I have for you today. Good luck competing tonight. Really enjoyed, you know, being in Arizona with you and seeing the students compete. Yeah, one last question. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about just kind of how the competition itself went? Like how the, what university won or was there anything yeah. exciting that happened in the competition? No, it's, it's phenomenal. So overall, a great success. We built on the success of last year. It was the second annual. Uh, you know, we had students from about, I think, 12 countries from 20 plus universities come in. Uh, so there's a, really a lot of excitement, a lot of sponsors, too, that, you know, are showing the students that they are interested in these skill sets mm -hmm. for getting jobs. Uh, and the sponsors are just so excited to see what the students are doing in this. So overall, great excitement. Um, I was very pleased to see the University of Arizona team won. <laughs> so those were a couple of my students, two, two juniors and a sophomore. So we've got a good pipeline at U of A. And then Patrick Chate, who is here. He was the individual champion. He was one of the finalists last year, so kind of great to see him go from being just out of the finals last year into getting first this year. I know I really enjoyed it. It was my first time seeing it, and it was fun to see how excited the students were and just the learning that takes place. You know, they all recognize that it made them better, and that's really what it's about. And that's why I've become kind of fan of this, this type of thing is it does make you better. You learn. You learn from others. You learn different ways of how things are solved and how to do things. And, and then they're the ones that start to get their peers involved. Exactly. Right? You can get a marketing message on LinkedIn and you're probably not going to listen. Your, <laughs> your professor tells you something and like, okay. You're definitely not going to listen. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> but your classmate tells you or the upperclassman that just got a really good, jo good job tells you, that's where you start to get traction. And I think that's where we are more than we were last year is more students are starting to spread the word. And that's the key to making this thing reach more people and do more good. No, I, I agree with you. And it's hopefully I'll be able to make it again next year. And We'd love to have you. Good, good luck tonight. Thank you very much. In today's business world, financial modeling skills are more important than ever. With Financial Modeling Institute's Advanced Financial Modeler Accreditation Program, you can become recognized as an expert in the field by validating your financial modeling skills. Join the Financial Modeling Institute's community of top financial modelers, gain access to extensive learning resources, and attain the prestigious Advanced Financial Modeler Accreditation. Visit www.fminstitute.com backslash podcast and use code podcast to save 15% when you register. Last clip was David Brown. Next up, we're going to have two contestants who both made the finals. We're going to have the winner. Patrick Chatain join us, and also Benjamin Weber, who placed third. We'll hear from Benjamin first, and then we'll hear from Patrick. Just a little bit to add about Patrick. Last year, Patrick made the finals. This year, he won the event, and he also competed at the Financial Modeling World Cup in Vegas, and he made the finals. He was in the ESPN, and he was one step away from making the very final competition, the final eight. There were two semifinal rounds, and he finished, I believe, fifth in his semifinal round and the top four move forward. So very impressive for someone in college. Super smart kid and both these guys, very impressive. And you can see the benefit of competing had on their uh, learning in college and how it better prepared them for the workplace. So we'll go ahead and roll those clips next. I have here with me today, Benjamin Weber. Benjamin is joining me from Austria. He recently competed in the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Championship, and he's going to share a little bit about his experience. Benjamin, welcome to the show. Welcome. I'm pretty happy to be here. 
Yeah, excited to have you. So why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, just where you're going to school, where you're located, those type of things. Yeah, my name is Benjamin Weber. And as you have already mentioned, I'm from Austria and I also go there to school in the capital city at the University of Applied Sciences Technicum Vienna. And I'm currently living in Burgenland, which is a small region of Austria, uh, southeast from Vienna, roughly 50 kilometers for Americans. I don't know, 70 miles, I guess. <laughs> about 30 miles, 50 30 kilometers. Miles. About uh, yeah, 30 of course, miles. in the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm 21 years old. And as you mentioned, third place in the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge. Congratulations on third place. That's that's really exciting. That's quite the accomplishment. So I'm curious, why did you decide to compete in a Excel modeling competition? Like what what got you involved in that? I mean, to be completely honest, the first thing I ever saw of Excel eSport was uh, when I scrolled through TikTok and just saw uh, a random video popping a video popping up about Excel eSport. And I just wrote to a couple of friends of mine, Excel eSport, what's that? And can I compete? And where can I register? And then I searched a bit uh, at Google and found out about the FMWC and the MECC and the MBWC and just decided, why not uh, signing up and uh, trying it out? And it turned out it was pretty a good idea to, to sign in. So you found it on TikTok and you reached out to others. What excited you about it when you saw the video? Like, were you using Excel a lot before or was it a new challenge or kind of what, what made you decide to dig into it when you saw the video? Since high school, I used Excel a bit and uh, still continued it. Uh, also in my private, I also used uh, Google Sheets a lot in my, in my private time and decided, I think I'm pretty good at Excel, but I did not uh, thought that I'm world-class or something like that. And I just decided, why shouldn't I try it out? Because I'm kind of the person who likes to try things out and it uh, looked like a, a, a good challenge. And so I thought it might be exciting to take part. And that's why I choose uh, to taking part. Got it. No, that that's awesome. I appreciate kind of sharing the story. And did it turn out to be what you expected? Like when you did it, was it really challenging or was it easier than you thought? Or what did you find when you started competing? I mean, I started competing at the last FMWC stage in 2022. That was my first Excel competition. And FMWC, I thought, was really, really hard because I am pretty good at Excel, but I'm not that big of a financial model uh, or in that in that kind of perspective. And all the different special terms in at financial modeling were pretty difficult, especially with the English uh, language barrier. Because I went to a, to a business uh, high school, so I knew some of the some of the of the names in German, but not in English. I often had to to translate it during the competition at the Financial Modeling World Cup. On the other side, at the at the Excel eSport competition, I found it pretty difficult at the higher levels. I think the lower difficulty levels I could easily do, but then when it comes to pretty hairy lambdas and something like that you, that you need kind of, uh, it was pretty difficult. I could imagine, yeah. I, I've done a couple competitions myself and it's definitely easier at the lower levels and gets harder as you go. So do you feel like you're better in Excel today for having competed? Do you feel like it's made you a better uh, Excel user? I don't know if if the thing that competing made me really better, but I think the, the after work, after I have done a competition, I look into the files and decide 
I could have done it this way and that way. And then you learn a lot of new, new functions. I mean, to be honest, when I started competing, I didn't even know what Lambda, LED, dynamic arrays and all of that was. I mean, of course, they are pretty new functions, but I didn't know most of them. And now I know most of them. And I think that those are pretty good functions and, and they have pretty good use cases. And I really want to use them now and I use them now. So I think that made me a much better user in Excel. Makes sense. No, I appreciate that answer. So how about you let our audience know, what are you studying in school? Like, what is your, what do you want to do when you're done with school and what are you studying? I am studying business, uh, business informatics, and I'm currently also working part-time at a software company in Vienna located in the IT project management. And I'm also planning on, on staying in that kind of field of study in the IT project management. Great. So the IT area, business informatics, so you'll be uh, on the IT side of the business world. Makes sense. What's your plan as far as competitions when you finish school? Do you, do you plan on con- continuing to compete in the Excel esports or what's your thinking? I mean, it made pretty much fun. And so I have no reason why I shouldn't compete anymore. And I already bought the ticket for the MLWC for the season next year. So I'm pretty happy that I will be competing and I'm looking forward to this to this competition and hopefully as successful as the last season. Great. So I know in the college one, you came in third place. Talk a little bit about what that experience was like in Arizona, you know, seeing the other students competing and you know how it felt to come in third place. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it's uh, first of all, I think I have to say that, it's, uh, that it has been my first time ever in the US or ever outside of Europe besides two small trips to uh, to just holiday resorts. And also my first uh, long haul flight across the Atlantic. So it was a pretty exciting thing to to travel also completely on my own. That's what made me a bit, uh, bit nervous, but I think everything went fine. And also once I went to Arizona and to Tucson, everything went completely smooth. And I already met some other competitors at the airport in Tucson, even though they didn't come with my with my plane, but we already meet and we connected and also uh, the connection with all the other competitors and guests and all of them was really, really nice and everything was 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 nice and it was a really great experience to be there and to competing there. So I think it has been a really, really good experience. Great. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And so I'm curious, what's your favorite function or feature in Excel? What do you like best about Excel? I mean, the thing is, the first thing when Excel is, it's pretty simple. And once you start it, you can just type it in and see within a few seconds already what you have done. And you can change it really fast if you have done it with, with, with links and so on. That's kind of the biggest pro thing of Excel, I think. But also when coming to pretty complicated things, I really like those long formulas, like using XLOOKUP is the best function. It's the best change Excel ever introduced, I think, uh, comparing to VLOOKUP and so on. And also, as mentioned previously, those lambdas, takes, lets, and so on, uh, Playing just playing around with them makes fun, I think. <laughs> Great. I appreciate you. I agree. It can be a lot of fun to just play with different formulas and see what you can do. So I'm curious, outside of school, outside of Excel and work, what do you like to do for fun? What's some of your hobbies? I'm a pretty big football or soccer for the American uh, or Australian, <laughs> I think, uh, people uh, fan. I am a big fan of Schalke 04. 
at the moment we are in the second tier of the German Bundesliga in a relegation zone. So it's pretty hard time to be a fan, but of course you have to stay loyal. And so I really love going to games uh, with a few of my friends. So I'm also traveling to Germany a lot of times just to watch, uh, watch football games. And besides them, I also play football manager and other games most of the time besides work and study. It's, it's not that much of time, but I think I make the best of it. Yeah, no, I remember the school days. You don't get a lot of free time, especially when you're working. Well, Benjamin, thank you for joining me. Enjoyed chatting with you for a few minutes. And, you know, good luck as you can continue to uh, compete in the competitions. And, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hello, I'm here with uh, Patrick at the Financial Modeling World Cup. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge. Sure, yeah. So as you mentioned, my name is Patrick Chatain. I just participated in the Collegiate Challenge of Excel. I worked at Operist in financial model auditing. Uh, and if you know Michael Jarman, he's also an Excel star. He was my manager there. Ah, so, so you worked with Michael Jarman. That makes sense. I worked with Michael Jarman. And I saw he was doing all the, the competitions and stuff, and he encouraged us to do them. I didn't do much when I was there. I did a, one or two of the financial one, but they're pretty hard, obviously, once you're starting. Yep. That's the point of them. And then I went to do my master's at McGill, and I saw they launched the Collegiate Challenge. And I was like, okay, maybe now I have an, an edge at this, because I know this, and I'm a student. And it went pretty well the first year. The first year was online, and I was second. And then from there, I was like, you know, let's practice more. Let's get more involved. And I started to do the general one and also the financial modeling one again, getting better every time. And now I'm pretty active in all this Excel esports. So how has it helped you as far as career? What would you say are the benefits of it? Well, definitely you get exposure. So people know you, you get um, connections, you get people reaching out to you with opportunities and stuff. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be looking now that I'm finishing my studies Yes, it's a different skill. I think the financial modeling workup obviously finances its target. Uh, Excel esports, whether it does not have a direct like application to put it that way, we do it for fun and it's like abstract problems. It does show critical thinking. It does show problem solving. It does show that you are a fun and nerdy person as well. So it definitely uh, gives a good image, I would say. Cool. And I'm curious, what do you like to do outside of work? What do you have for a hobby? Outside of work, I like to cook. I like to do rock climbing. I like to play soccer as well. A little bit of video games. And Excel, we all like Excel. <laughs> Our Excel esports. Got it. Cool. And so, what are you? Do you know what you're going to be doing after you finish school? Or you already have your job lined up? Or? It's not lined up yet. No, I have finishing my thesis just now, like within two weeks. So right now is uh, last stretch, and then I'm just going to start applying hard in January, looking for a job in finance or tech. I want to experience tech a bit, but I know my forte is finance. I know there's an intersection between both of them, so there could be yes. a way to find good opportunities there. And if somebody wants to get better at modeling or better in Excel, any advice you can offer them? Yes, definitely. One, watch the pros. If you watch them, if you watch Michael, next year, if you attend the conference next year, there's a lot of really cool stuff that they teach. And two, practice. Definitely practice. Like as I said at the beginning, I was pretty bad at the beginning. And sure. that can throw you down a bit, but you need to persevere a bit and you, you get better. Last question here, and then we'll let you go. We know you got to get back to the uh, conference, but what's your favorite Excel function or feature? It's a very good question because before I would have said something like XLOOKUP or something like that, <laughs> but after the final for the collegiate challenge that I won, I'm definitely going to say to column. That's what won me the case, putting all uh, an array, a map, all in a column. So then you can index easily and match stuff. 
That yeah, and so our audience knows it's taking a range of data and putting it all in one all column. in one column. All the whole 2D array goes in one column, and that makes you index stuff a lot faster. And it's a part of the dynamic arrays and all this new 5G Excel that's going on. Well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on winning. It's a great accomplishment, and good luck with your uh, job as you finish up school. Thank you so much. We just had a great opportunity to listen to Patrick and Benjamin share their experiences, why they competed in the contest, how it's helped them in their careers. That's something I really like to emphasize. And we're going to end with a couple more clips that really emphasize the importance of learning Excel. It helps with financial modeling. It helps college students in their career. You know, in this episode, we can clearly see that as we have a lot of people talk about that. So we have two clips coming up next. The first is going to be with Misty and Teresa from Salve. Regina University, and they talk about why they started with Excel as they were building out a data analytics, business analytics program, how they wanted to start with the basics for their students and help them learn. And so naturally a fit for them was learning Microsoft Excel and competing in this competition with their students. And then the last clip we'll have before we wrap this thing up is with Craig Hatmaker. Anyone who's listened to episode seven around dynamic arrays and lambdas knows that Craig Hatmaker is very passionate about Excel. And he's built what he calls 5G lambda components that make modeling much easier, make it possible to build fully dynamic models. And so this is a great clip you won't wanna miss. He has a lot of wonderful content on YouTube and other places. So we'll go ahead and roll these clips for you. Well, I'm here with uh, Missy and Teresa. Thank you for joining me for a minute. Why don't we start with, tell me where you're from. Um, we're from Salve Regina University, which is in Newport, Rhode Island. Cool. And what brought you here? How did you end up uh, coming for the program? I found out about MECC at uh, MIT Sloan Conference in Boston, uh, and I saw a little portrayal of what the possibilities were and had spoken to David and yeah, kind of just went from there, signing up our students. <laughs> cool. So tell me a little bit of your background. How'd you end up uh, teaching or you know, kind of what do you teach? Sure. Uh, my background, I have a undergrad degree, a bachelor of science in physics uh, okay. and math. I decided then to go into finance after an internship. So I did my master's in that and then I went for a doctorate in finance. Worked corporate throughout all of that and just wanted to get further into academia. So started to adjunct and then got a full-time job after that. So I am in my second year at Salve Regina. I'm a assistant professor of business analytics. Cool. And how about yourself? Um, so I'm the director for our business programs at Salve. And um, my background, my research um, and corporate experience is all in hospitality and event planning world. Okay. And I came up sort of through the business programming, eventually um, coming to Salve about five years ago. And one of the things that we've been really focusing on as far as reinforcing business analysts, data analytics, analytical thinking in general in our students. And mm -hmm. so just at the point that actually when we hired Teresa, her sort of um, charge was like, help us build this analytical thinking. And we started building more coursework in business analytics. And then we realized we probably need to take a step back and actually give them the basics starting in Microsoft Excel. So when when she found out about this opportunity, we felt like it was a perfect match for where we're going with our program. Why do you think Excel is such a great place to start for analysis and analytics and for yeah. people to use it? I think it gives a good grasp of just handling data and knowing the data well, thoroughly. Um, I think it's a great 
intro tool, but you can make it so advanced, which is a nice kind of growing opportunity for most students. Uh, but it really just allows them to get to know the data inside and out and really manipulate it how they see is the best way. Right? You could do so many different things in so many different ways. And it really suits the different ways that students think. So I think it's a great kickoff tool and it's pretty user-friendly to kick off with as yeah. soon as they enter it. But again, the sky's the limit with Excel, so they can really... No, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, I've used it much of my career, you know, big believer, I train people on yeah. it. And, yeah, every time I turn around, they're adding something new. Like exactly. I've got Python, <laughs> the new pivot by and group by formulas, right. dynamic arrays. Like I'm always telling people, okay, if you're using Excel from 10 years ago, yeah, you can make the argument and maybe it's not analytics. Right. But if you know <laughs> what it's capable of today... It's more than powerful enough to do what 95% of everybody needs. Yeah, there absolutely. are exceptions, obviously. Yeah. Cool. So how have your students enjoyed the experience so far? What have they said or how's it been for them? They are loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from my experience with them, at least so far, they have been so excited to be here. They have been having a great time mingling with everybody. Sure. So that's been great. Um, yesterday they had the poster making session. So they had a few students making posters with them, which was nice to see. Uh, and yeah, they seem to be like thriving in the environment and they are just excited to see what they're capable of. So yeah. And cool. they're very excited. I mean, I think, um, they recognized pretty quickly that they were probably the more, more junior than a lot of the competitors. And, and I think it made them a little bit nervous. Sure. And now that they're in the environment that they, they're seeing that, they can compete and they are also seeing where they can grow, which is really nice because we've told them this whole time, this is our first time here. You're our guinea pigs. We just want to see what this is about and how this is going to work. And what every student wants. Right. To right. I, you're the guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's you're trying best. to take the pressure off of them. Like of just course. do what you know. And I think it, you know, that's something that's been pretty powerful for them because they could come back next year and compete mm -hmm. and right. um, they can see a little bit more clearly now where they have room to grow. Yeah. And so I'm curious as they prepared for this, how have you seen their skills improve? How big has right. the change been? So I actually picked my students from a new one credit course that I created mm -hmm. to start teaching Excel. Uh, so these students came in with having never opened Excel before <laughs> uh, back in September. So they have come a long way. And especially once our course ended, it was just a six-week course, but uh, then they started working on all of the uh, competitions themselves and all the cases. And I think even they can't believe where they are. <laughs> as far I as, bet. Yeah. So from not having opened it to where they are right now, it's a... I mean, it's a crash course in learning yeah, Excel. Yeah. And I mean, the reality is well, that it will help them a ton in their career. Absolutely. If they're going into business... Yes. Pretty much every company uses a spreadsheet. Even if it's right. not Excel, it's Google Sheets. Right. And there's a heavy overlap. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, I know my career, being finance, FP&A, there wasn't a day that didn't go by where you didn't open yeah, Excel. Didn't open and it. <laughs> I mean, you've worked in corporate America, sounds yes. like, before you yeah. <clears throat> started to teach. And I'm guessing you used it just about every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you right. can totally... You know, I tell them that, but how much yeah. they believe you until they start using it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were laughing about it yesterday, actually, because, you know, we have for the last few years been trying to make the case to, you know, get more curricula involved that uses Excel and so we're making the case, you know, with our administration, with our students, with our faculty, and in the classroom, we're telling them all the time, like, this is how, how you're going to use this and when you're going to use this and you're going to use it all the time. And, you know, when you're a faculty member, <laughs> and then as soon as they 
finish their internship, they're like, you're not going to believe how much I use them. <laughs> yes, we are actually going to believe Yeah, that. I totally <laughs> believe it. Sadly enough. Yeah. <laughs> but it's nice now because they're seeing that. And then that spreads amongst the students as well. Instead of having listened to someone tell them, now they're peers telling peers that actually we really use that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So last question. This is one we like to ask people. What's your favorite function or feature about Excel? What do you like best? Ooh. I'm a big maybe rudimentary, but I love if statements, they okay. help me, especially in just academia. That is basically my whole life with those. So. <laughs> I remember my first internship, I felt I spent the whole summer doing if then. Statements. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we did a data integrity group and there was four codes that I had to figure out. Yeah. If this, do that. Right. So sick of them by the end of the three oh, bites, yeah, but I can relate. Fun, but. <laughs> I would say that's definitely the most functional part that, you know, you can apply it almost anywhere. I'm a very visual person. So a pivot table is always really helpful for me. So I like being able to turn data into a picture and then have a clear understanding of it. So great. All right. Well, thank you both. I really appreciate yeah, you carving you. out a few minutes while you get back and your students are uh, working hard at the yes. moment and I hope they do well. So thank Fingers you. Crossed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Craig Hatmaker. How are you doing today, Craig? Oh, wonderful. It's a great day here in Arizona. And what brought you here? So uh, this Microsoft Excel Collegiate Challenge uh, sponsor. Are you a little old for competing in a college challenge? <laughs> I'm very old for, being, for competing. <laughs> I don't compete. I would not win because uh, these brains here are so much faster than mine. You and me both. So what brought you here? I'm going to be presenting fifth generation modeling, also known as 5G, which is basically assembling models from components as opposed to writing out formulas. Can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by a component? Maybe tell our audience what that means. So one of the wonderful things that's recently come out from Excel is Lambda and Dynamic Arrays. Mm -hmm. And Dynamic Arrays can allow us to assemble a large model section, such as a depreciation schedule for all your assets or uh, amortization schedule for all your loans and debts. Instead of creating the formulas for doing that depreciation schedule for each period and each asset, we can create one, we can use a single function called depreciate, give it the inputs of each asset and the timeline that you want to run this over, and it will generate the depreciation schedule for all periods, all assets using one function and in one cell, and that's it. So the dynamic arrays spill it, the lambda compresses it into a single function. So that's the component, that single function, that single component we would use to assemble the model instead of handwriting that formula, which of course is error prime. And the nice things about dynamic arrays is they simply cannot be inconsistent. You cannot add a new formula, which sometimes plagues financial models or somebody entering a, a literal mm -hmm. where they shouldn't. So dynamic arrays eliminate that possibility completely. Lambda eliminates the possibility of entering the formula incorrectly. It just speeds things, makes things so much nicer. And the nice thing about this is from most financial modelers' perspective, they're going to be what we call component consumers. They will be using these functions not knowing how they're written. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows how SUM, the, the C++ code that's under SUM, nobody knows how that works. They just get the function. They know the function works and they sure. use it. Well, why not take the function depreciate and just use it? That's all most people need to know. But there will be some advanced people, some, probably from this group, yeah, I would imagine that these competitors are your advanced up-and-comers for sure. 
they're going to see the things that they do all the time in financial model and say, rather than do this over and over again, I'm going to create my single lambda and I'm going to use the 5G standards, the fifth generation modeling standards, in order to uh, make sure that this function can be used in any worksheet by anyone anywhere on the planet. And you can download these things from the web and you can use the advanced formula environment to import them directly into Excel. So it's, uh, it's an exciting uh, opportunity to be able to present this to these young minds and these future excellers. No, I'm sure they'll love to see that presentation. I think that's great that you're doing that. I know uh, you've retired now. So yes. tell us, what are you doing in retirement these days? What, what are you up to? So I love the term that my friends in the UK have called it. They say, you're not in retirement, you're in preferment. Because <laughs> I get to do what I prefer to do. And I prefer to do uh, spread the word about 5G. I prefer to uh, get 5G uh, standards solidified and get the courses created so that the next generation, the people who follow after me, won't have to suffer the problems that I had to suffer. <laughs> and it, so it's, uh, I like this. It's, it's my hobby. It's something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, so I do that. I do traveling. I, I'm, hopefully I'm going to be writing a book on lambdas. So we'll see. Well, exciting. That's really exciting. We'll look forward to hopefully seeing your book. Glad you get to travel. Um, what's your favorite thing about Excel? That's the question we're asking all the students, so we'll ask you as well. Do you have a favorite function or feature? Let me guess, Lambda? Actually, dynamic <laughs> arrays is my feature that I just absolutely love. Uh, and the only reason why I'm doing Lambdas is Lambdas make the dream of dynamic arrays in financial modeling a reality. Dynamic arrays by themselves can't do all the things that are ne needed in financial modeling. <laughs> so Lambdas will help do, will help make those dynamic arrays work in financial models. But lambdas are scary for most people. They are for me, I still. I need to spend more time with them, I admit it. I'm kind of like, eh, it's a little more programmy than I like. Yes. So the idea of being able to package these lambdas as functions that anybody can use and not know how they work means now the masses can use it. Now, if you are a business, you can use these the same concept to codify your business standards. So if you have a standard way of calculating weighted average cost of capital, because there's many ways of doing it, your corporation can create that lambda and say, when any, when any modeler comes into your corporation, you can say, this is how I want you to calculate it, whack. Don't use any other method, use this one method. So using 5G, corporations can codify their standards. They can also raise the level of junior modelers. When a junior modeler comes in, they can start performing at expert levels because experts have created advanced functions for the junior modelers to use and plug into their models. So this is why I'm so excited about it, because I think it's going to change the way, revolutionize the way the models are made. Oh, that's exciting. And I hope the presentation goes well for you. And I Thank appreciate you. you carving out a few minutes today. So thanks for your time, Craig. Thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. It was great to talk with these college students and people supporting these college students of how they're enhancing their skills, the importance of Excel. What's clear to me from going to these events, interviewing all these people is Microsoft Excel is not going anywhere. It's something we all need to learn and get better at. It will help us in our career. It's not the only thing, but it's a very important thing. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. And just as a reminder, Financial Modelers Corner is brought to you by Financial Modeling Institute. And as always, if you ever have questions or ideas for the show, please feel free to reach out to me. And last but not least, make sure you hit that subscribe button, you hit the like button, you give us five stars and a great review on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to the shows. Thanks. Financial Modelers Corner was brought to you by Financial Modeling Institute. 
visit FMI at www.fminstitute.com backslash podcast and use code podcast to save 15% when you enroll in one of their accreditations today.